talk to you a little bit about that abiding factor, why tithe? Okay, why tithe? But before we do that, let's make our faith confession. Let's, let's stand our feet and make our faith confession. Say it out loud with me. For the Lord is good. And his mercy endures forever. Whom the Lord has redeemed from the hand of the enemy. Well, look to one another, says you and I. Amen. And you may be seated. Give you an opportunity to stretch. And let's make our confession of faith, our belief of the body of Christ. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ, his only son, our Lord who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He, he, and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. And the church said, Amen. And again, we know the word, we see the word Catholic up there. We're not talking about the Roman Catholic Church. We're talking about the Holy Catholic Church. The word Catholic means universal. Amen. There's a difference between the Roman Catholic Church and the Holy Catholic Church, okay? And so, uh, I just want to give you these verses of scriptures in what we're dealing with, you know, we're dealing with having faith in the vine. We've been dealing with the whole year of September 22, and here we are, September 23, and dealing with having put a major emphasis upon faith itself. We have been teaching this for a whole year, and it had already come so fast in dealing with the subject of faith. Now, again, when we talk about the subject of faith, we you can't do without faith, okay? But the, the Holy Spirit had me to put major emphasis up on it because it's the only currency whereby you receive from God, faith in God, amen? So that faith has to be a belief in something or someone, and that's what our faith is. Our faith is in God, Okay? And because our faith is in God, then we can expect to receive his promises. Amen? And so this morning, as we uh, go back into the lesson about having faith in the vine, I want you to look at John 15, 4. We talked about the first three verses of scriptures. We exhausted them uh, uh, tremendously 
the last couple of weeks. And so I want you to look here at verse 4 where Jesus is speaking here, continue. You know that he's not speaking so much about a tree itself. But he uses the tree as the analogy to do what? To show to us in the parable that he's talking about you and I. We pay close attention about a vine and a branch. But we don't pay just as our attention span is not just as uh, focused when we're dealing with you and I. Jesus be the vine and we are the branch. And the indication that we gave to you as we talked about here uh, in the last several weeks about this thing, this, this branch is disconnected from that vine. It is a crepe myrtle thing. What is it doing? The, uh, this is a branch. It's been disconnected from the vine of that tree from the outside. And it is wilted. It is dried up. It can't produce anything. Uh, the burrows that are on here that are supposed, uh, supposed to produce uh, pedestals or flowers, it can't. Why? Because it's been disconnected. And it's the same way that Jesus is giving the analogy about you and I. When you and I disconnect from that dwelling, that place that we abide in, then guess what? We stop bearing fruit. So the whole point of our salvation is that we can bring forth fruit. Amen? And so in order for us to bring forth fruit, there has to be a purging. A purging just simply means we are being cleansed or purged or purified by the word that he's spoken to us. So the word that Jesus already spoken to us is through the new birth. 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, they are a new creation. That means old things, the old nature, the old ways, the old habits, everything that bound us through the first Adam has passed away. But the old man has left in the software of an unrenewed mind. So the purpose of this morning having church, uh, having this uh, spiritual worship, that's what it was. It's a spiritual worship that we entered in this morning with Casey. Notice this. All of it take all of this take place. All of this is needed for the renewing of the mind. Amen. Because the the fact of the matter is, all of these things are in us, but it's just trying to show you that you have an enemy that's looking to oppose the truth that's in you. So without a renewed mindset, you will not be able to bring forth the fruit of the root system that's already embedded in you and I. Because we're disconnected. See, this doesn't have a choice. It can't bring forth. You and I have to choose to do what? To stay connected or to reconnect. Are you following what I'm saying? That's why the Bible called it in Romans 12, 1 and 2, a living sacrifice. See, a living sacrifice, you can, you can stop abiding. You can stop dwelling. You can stop allowing him to abide in you. Not in your spirit, but in your soul, in your heart, where the difference makes, where the difference are, are, are being made. You see, the fruit of whose you are is sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. 
But then in order for that which is sealed within you to bear witness, to uh, everyone can witness and see a change in your life, it has to do with how you think. Amen. And so we see here, he said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You see that it can't bear fruit of itself except it abides in the vine. Right. He said, no more can ye except ye do what? Abide in me. So unless you abide in him, to abide means to make, to dwell or to make a home. That means it, this is a lifestyle that we have. It's not something we put on the shelf. It's not something that we do, you know, on special occasions. It's not something we do just today. No, we, we live this lifestyle. We live being abiding, abiding in him, and he's abiding in us. Why? It takes a while for us to bring forth fruit. No tree automatically brings forth fruit of any kind. It has to abide. It has to go through its process. Amen? I mean, you, we all like different types of fruit. Well, those fruits just don't show up. They're seasonal. And so the same thing about you and I. We're not going to bring forth the fruit that God desires of us, you know, overnight. There are some things we got to shed off. Some bad behavior that we have to shed off. Things we have to deal with in the flesh. That you can't deal with on your own. Amen. And so the thing that I want to focus on right here. I want to focus on just a few minutes here about the tide. I want to focus that. Why? Because what is the tide? The, the Lord gave me this gave me this, this morning about. Because he's been talking to me a little bit over a month. Why tide? He said, I want you to teach that. Why tide? And I asked him. I said, okay, Lord, well, why tie? <laughs> I put it back in it. Well, why tie? I mean, we all have different analogies of why. And then this morning in my time of, of worship with him, he said, uh, the tide, when you tied, that means you're willingly giving of your own substance. Your tide does not make you get you, draw you closer to God or draw you away from God. The tide is an act of your own will. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, you're not going to hear many people talk to you about the tide in that way. Because, well, you say, well, if it's an act of my will, but my God, I'm not going to have to tie today, then. The act of my will is I need to save this money. No. You haven't had a you haven't had a true concept or true understanding of it, because when you tithe, notice this: you're making a covenant agreement with God as your investor. This is the word He gave me. Anyone ever sit down with an investor or an advisor, and they give you? And what are you doing? They're, they're sharing with you. How to invest, right? Well, when you tithe, what you're doing, you are putting God in trust as your investor to do what? To distribute. What is he doing? What is he distributing? Let's look at just for a moment. 
put this up first of all, moment, uh, case of Matthew chapter 25, and I've given you these verses of scripture many times. And look at verse 14. And notice the word, notice the words here. For the kingdom of heaven, see, this is what we're talking about. The kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is used interchangeable. So when we talk about the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God, notice this. That means God has you here for a specific purpose. You can't fulfill what God had you to do without the financial resources or without whatever resources there be. But you don't need all of it at one time, right? You grow little by little. It's like a child. A child doesn't, you don't give, you don't, you don't give a baby a car. He's not going to know what to do with it, right? Whether they're five years old, six years old, seven years old, ten years old, they're not going to know what to do with it. Oh, but when they get 15, they want to get behind the wheel, right? Why? Because See, purpose is kicking in the way as independence of their own to take themselves to do for themselves. Well, God put all that in us, but it took at least 15 years, some of them, a little bit longer. Well, when thing, the thing that God purposed in you, it will automatically awaken by the Holy Spirit. Remember like the, the Bible talked about in Matthew, how uh, Satan, the Bible said, when Jesus was there ministering to the disciples, telling them about the death that he was going to die, and when he was there around washing all their feet, and he said, all of you are clean except for one. And then the Bible said how Satan entered into, what's his name? Judah. But notice, Judah was always with Jesus. He was always doing the works of Christ. But Satan could not enter in until the appointed time that Jesus was to be presented as the living sacrifice for our sin. Are you seeing that? What I'm trying to show you, purpose, it, look, Jesus walked three and a half years preparing himself and preparing the way for you and I. Okay? That's already, that God already established. But now, this is what I want you to see. He said, for the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling to a far country who called his own servant. Well, this Jesus, he's the one called his own servant and delivered unto them his goods. Can you see that? In other words, he's <clears throat> Now, I'm going to take this verse of scripture and go with me to, I mean, go with me to Genesis chapter uh, 10 and look at verse 22. I think that's right. Is that right? The blessing of the Lord. It make it rich. Is it ten twenty two? Oh, okay. No, nah, nah, uh, not Genesis. What did I say? Genesis. Psalm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And they say Psalm. No, it's uh, Proverbs. Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs. Boy, the children of Sham, Elad, Asia. Artifact. Okay. The blessing of the Lord, the blessing, notice the word blessing. The word bless means to empower, are you endued with power, are you endued with an assignment? To be endured, 
are to be empowered, that means you are to bring forth something. You are here for a specific reason. That's what, that's what it means. You are, you, are a, you are blessed. You are anointed. That's all of it. You got all of it out of the New Testament. You are blessed. You are anointed for a specific reason. You're not anointed and blessed for you. You're already taken care. You've already been approved. But God needs you to what he designed, what he destined in you to do what? To affect someone else's life. Or to affect a community, to affect a nation, to affect a state, to affect whatever, a village. It might be just your own community. Are you getting this? But notice it. It's the blessing or the empowerment of the Lord. It makes rich. Did you catch it? It's not what you do. It's not how you strive. Huh? Huh? You do have to have grit to do what? To endure. Huh? You do have to have grit to endure. I saw this, I saw this at uh um I took a picture of it. I saw this at Lowe's. And uh let's see, can I find? Did y'all know yesterday was my wife's birthday? That girl still sixteen years old. I tell her the truth. You know. Oh, here we go. This word it has on here to uh, it talk about execute uh, uh, talent, success, hustle, and other. You know, this word grind meaning we don't get along with this word, but the word grit. And it and and this word grit here, it is the drive, stamina, and fortify, or fort yeah fort fortitude to push through any challenge or obstacle until success is achieved. They got this on the wall when you go to the restroom. You know, they got this on the wall where employees take their break or whatnot. And I took a picture of that. And I like that. The word grit here, the drive, the stamina, the stamina, uh, uh, and the fortitude to push through any challenge. Because the challenge is going to come from the enemy. To do what? To make you quit. So you're going to have to have the stamina to understand why. Because there going to be times you don't feel like moving forward. You're going to be time. I mean, you know, I, you know I, I love to run. Okay? I work out and I love, I've been doing that for years. But, you know, uh, in my age, they say you're not supposed to do that. But that's, that's not true. That's something man labeled us with. And the other day I ran eight miles. And the first two miles was like, oh. <laughs> I told my wife, I said, do I really want to be out here? You understand what I'm saying? So, but what I did, I had grit. I had to push, well, put it in drive. I had to drive. I had, I had stamina. I had the fortitude to push through. What was the challenge? I didn't want to do it.
And when I got past three miles, it started kicking in. Are you following what I'm saying? I got to seven miles and it was like, man, I could do another. And once I got in that seven mile and the quarter in that seven, that it came back again to challenge. Just quit. Next time I'm gonna do ten. What am I saying to you? You gotta have the grit. What God put in you and I, you're going to have to have the grit, the stamina to do what? To stay the course, the, the face the challenge, not quit. Not, uh, and not to, uh, you have to have the understanding the challenge is not there to help. The challenge wants you to quit. Why? Because the prize is on the other side. But you've already been equipped. The blessing of the Lord, the empowerment of the Lord, it make rich. It didn't say you, it said it, what's in you, what's on you, is what make you rich. So if, 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 if he didn't, if, if his blessing is not on what you do, you won't make it. Now I'm not just talking about money, just on, but I am talking about money. But there are many people with money, they, they are so disgruntled, they are, they are, they don't even know who they are. They have no satisfaction. God wants you and I to have money, but with satisfaction. What is, you know, you have a, you have a sense of completion. Right? Because what? You're doing something that he placed within you. Okay? That's what gives you the that's what make you wake up every day. That's what gives you the grit. That's what make you that's what make you face the challenges of this day to do what? Why? Because God is entrusting me, is empowering me to touch somebody's life today. Why? He paid the price that no creature, that no human go to hell. But he needs you and I as the transmitter to do what? To transmit his goods. Remember, he delivered his goods to each of us. Each of us in here has goods that only God could have given you. And once he gave them to you, now you are empowered. Notice it. it that blessing, that good, what he placed within you, it make rich and adds no sorrow with it. Hmm? Yeah, I made this money, I got it, but man, I look, you know, that's when people say, I got to grind. Well, once they grind and they got it, now they still, is that all to it? See, there's no satisfaction. There's no enjoyment. Are you listening to me? So you're taking the tide, and the tide, and this is the last thing I'll say to you today, the tide the first, I call the tide, when you look at anything, when you talk about tide, you talk about righteousness, you talk about the new birth, you talk about redemption, you have to define the law, what I call the law of first mention. You know what I mean by that? The law of first mention? Where is it first mentioned at? What is its origin? And then you begin to trace that. Okay? So the, 
the, the tithe was first mentioned in Genesis 14. Let's go there and we'll close with this. Genesis chapter 14, Casey, and look at verse 14. I'm not going to even attempt to read. I had Casey to read uh, verses 1 through whatever that was, verse 13. There was a bunch of names in there that we don't get along. We don't do that. And my good student wasn't here this morning, so I had to get I had to get paid. I mean, I had to get uh, Casey to uh, call those names. Amen. My, I can call these names right here. <laughs> Genesis 4, 14, 14. This is what we call the law first mentioned. Now, we'll get, let me give you a little background of this. Lot, Abram's uh, nephew, Lot, was in trouble. And one escaped from five different armies that overtook where Lot was. Lot was in a place called Sodom. That's a place called Sodom and Gomorrah. It, it was a place that was lush. It was a place that was beautiful. It was a place that was uh, abundantly supplied. But what happened, the enemy creeped in. Lot found, that, found himself in that place. And one escaped to go and tell Abram about his nephew. Okay, so here we are at verse 14. It says, when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servant. What did he arm? His trained servant, born of his own house. What are we saying? It's the blessing of this five armies. Now, surely there's more than 318 just in one army. Abram armed five he armed 318 uh, uh, of his own, and he pursued them unto Dan. Keep going, Case. And he divided himself against them, and he and his servant by night, and smoked them, and pursued unto and pursued them unto Hobat. Well, meaning this, he must have he had wisdom from God. Why did how did how did Abram know to do this? First of all, God made covenant with him. That in chapter 12, when he told him to leave and go from his father's house and go for himself. So God is already speaking to him. You understand this? Now, I'll come back and talk to y'all a bit about this in more in detail. But I just felt that to give you these several scriptures and just to stop and let you know this is where we're going so you can start studying this out for yourself. He said, which is on the left of the hand of Damascus. Keep going. And he brought back all the goods. Now notice this. Abram brought back all the goods. Hmm? And he also brought back again his brother Lot and his good, and also the women also, and the people. Next verse. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of Shelah, Shelah, Lamar, Lamir, whatever you want to call it. Y'all call it what you want. And of the king that were with him at the valley of Shephat, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, which is a type of Christ. Okay, we'll talk about that. Of Salem, notice what he did. He brought forth bread and wine. This is already telling me this is, a, this is like Christ. An incarnated one bringing forth 
the what the bread and the wine, which represent that we partake on a regular basis, on a monthly basis, or whatnot. Okay. And he was the priest of the Most High God. Watch this. And he blessed him and said to him, number one, blessed be Abram of the Most High God. This is what the priest did. Number two, he said, possessor of heaven and earth. He's reminding, he's, he's relating this to Abram. Next verse. And he blessed him, I mean, and blessed be the most high God, which is number three, which has delivered thine enemies. Who did it? Who delivered his enemies? God did it. What I'm trying to say to you, who's going to de deliver your enemy? Who's going to deliver you from your enemy? Well, he's already done it, but who will, who is your deliverer? It's God. Hmm? Watch this. Which has delivered thine enemies, where? Into his hand, and notice what he did. And he gave him tithe of all. That's the law first mentioned. The law didn't require it. He desired to give. Why? Because he couldn't have overcome without the wisdom of God, without the blessing of the Lord that was on him. The blessing of the Lord made him rich. And Abram brought forth of his own to do what? To give. Why? If you know, we all know the story of Abram. And the Bible said, our faith, Abraham is what? The father of our faith. Is that right? Why? Because he believed God. It was accounted to him for righteousness sake. And notice this. And this is the reason why Abram did what he did. Why? It's that fellowship that what God gave unto Abram in Genesis, you know, it really started in chapter 11, but chapter 12 where it started out in the first three verses where God told him to leave his father and mother and go on his, go for himself. Well, that's where his empowerment came in at. That's where it kicked in at. And what I'm saying to you little by little the Lord will draw you out. The Lord will position you little by little. And all of a sudden, that empowerment will be upon you because the tide is in. You have given the tide to in, in covenant, in a covenant agreement with, the, with your father as the investor. And he's taking it and he's storing it for the place that he will actually have you. But it's little by little by little, and what is it doing? It's accumulating. Is that right? And so that's what happened. Your giving is accumulating a wealth that God is possessing. It's not so much about the money because he's turning around and do what? And putting it back on you. He's, do, he's, he's using the money and do what? And distributing it back to you. That's why we have this building. That's why we're able to do what we do. Okay? But what is it all about? You say, well, if he's doing that, what's it? it's about trust. He's saying, can I trust you? Because as you increase, well, the, the money will increase. Can I, can I trust you to keep giving back? Can I trust you to keep putting back into my work? Can I trust you? 
And then little by little, you, you're ultimately getting into that place, whatever that is that God called you to be. But it's not an overnight thing. It's something that we grow in. Amen? Okay. I'm done. I just wanted to give you those, those verses of Scripture, but I wanted you to be able to take that and, and study on that because that's where we're going. We're going to be talking about the tide. We're going to be talking about it in a way to whereas you have a better understanding that, you know, you saw God delivered you from something. You saw God open a door for you. And you, know, and you didn't know how this was going to happen. And when you saw what he did on your behalf, it was like, oh, my God. Are you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Sometimes the very thing that's beyond your heart that you, you, can't get a, you can't get an answer, you can't get a direction, you can't get a clarity, and then all of a sudden you hear, you, you hear a teaching or you may hear me say something or you may hear someone uh, sharing something uh, maybe on Facebook or maybe a YouTube teaching or whatnot, and they open your understanding to that truth. You may not give to them regularly, but guess what? That's your opportunity to say, I'm sowing into this ministry because the eyes of my understanding was enlightened. Amen? That's how it takes place. Praise God. Did you learn anything with that? I know it's short to the point. But I think we got, you know, we really got blessed uh, 